Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood up and prayed thus to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, clipper fans, and even as these tax collectors. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you, this man went away down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus is teaching us prayers that get God's attention. Prayers that God go, whoop, I like that right there. Prayers that will stop God dead in his tracks and say, I'm listening to this guy, and you're wasting your time praying like that. You're, the way you're praying, I'm not even listening. The way you're praying, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not interested, I'm not listening, I'm not attracted. I'm actually turned off by your prayer, but I am drawn and enticed by your prayer. Stop praying prayers that are wasting your time. We have to pray. Listen, I want to tell you up front, your authority is in your authenticity. The more vulnerable, the more transparent, the more broken. The Bible literally says a broken spirit and a contrite heart. These two things the Lord would not despise. He despises the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He resists the one that self-exalts. He is drawn to the humble and the broken. God says, don't pray prayers like this guy. I want you to pray prayers like this guy. I'm drawn. I'm attracted. You ought to pray prayers that woo God's in. Get God's attention. Perk his ears. Say, whoa, what was that? You, you admitted you need me? You admitted you're not the solution? You admitted you need my help? Whoop. God is drawn to these kind of prayers, and you're wasting your time praying these other certain prayers. I want to pray and believe that, God, I'm going to show you four prayers that you should not pray, four, four parts of your prayer life that could absolutely be useless and a waste of time. Let's pray over it. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for this big week coming up in America. We're thankful. You said, let your requests be made known with thanksgiving. So we're thanking you for peace. We're thanking you for clarity. We're thanking you for wisdom. Thank you for everything you're doing in our country and in our lives. We say yes and amen in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Clap in the chat. And if you haven't shared the link, share it right now where you're clapping. Just go, boom, boom, send. I love, I love my guy because he's like, I try and share the link with anybody that I think will never come to church. You never know who will watch. Listen, church used to be like, get ready, get dressed, get in the car, get the coffee, find the parking, come to the spot, go through the music, wait for the message. Give, it's a three-hour ordeal. Now it's like church is like, whoop, whoop, grab my phone. Here it is. So grab, send somebody the link. You never know who's going to show up at church today. I'm going to give you four things to write down today. These are useless prayers. Number one, when you're carrying unforgiveness. It's a useless prayer. This is just useless. By the way, have you noticed how many things in your life are useless? 
Just things that you're like, why? This is every time I go through my closet. Like, why do I still have this? Why, why am I holding on to this sock, this single sock, believing that its pair is going to come? It's never coming. This is a useless sock. I should just throw it away. Or do, do you realize all these home edition shows on Netflix and everything, Julia has 5,000 containers now. She's addicted to the, I'm like, fam, half of these are useless. We, we, we got to return and get all of our money back because we got a lot of useless containers. There are so many useless things in our life. These are just things that are obsolete, things we don't need. These are useless prayers. You don't need to pray if you're carrying unforgiveness. Watch what Jesus says, Mark 11. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. In other words, he's saying, well, no, before you pray, pause, forgive that person, then go back and pray. Because if you just keep praying and you're holding on to bitterness... It's a useless prayer because God's like, I can't really hear you. It's like, it's like, it's like my kids, when they come up to me, and they're like, dad, can I have this? Dad, 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 can I have this? And I'm like, my man, what's the word? What's the code? Okay, fine. Dad, can I please have this? I'm like, there's that word that draws me in. Yes, you can have that go-go squeeze. Yes, you can, son. It's like God, God's like, listen, I'm all for prayer, but just so you know, I can't really hear you. Until you forgive. If you're carrying unfree, if you have something in your heart towards another person, God's like, let's just deal with the main thing before we deal with your thing. Before I answer that prayer, we need to answer the real issue. And the real issue is that your life is going to get zapped. Your life is going to get demolished. Your life is going to get side-railed unless you forgive. So the main issue is not me answering your prayer about a job or about a geography or about an election. The main issue in your life is forgiveness. Oh, I love Hebrews. Watch what Hebrews 12 says. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many that root of bitterness you're wasting your time if you're living with a root of bitterness and you're like coming to prayer 6 a.m i'm on the zoom link 6 a.m i'm coming to the ministry center i'm praying about everything i got my card i'm praying i'm praying i'm praying god's like that's great you're praying for all this stuff but the real issue in your life is you're carrying something in your heart towards another person and the first thing we got to do is we got to deal with forgiveness. I love this last year. One of our friends, Catherine Schwarzenegger, released a, a book called The Gift of Forgiveness. It's a brilliant book, stories about people that have faced some of the hardest times that you could possibly imagine. Betrayal, so much hurt, so much pain, and had every right to carry unforgiveness. But she wrote, and the title speaks for itself, The Gift of Forgiveness. That though the other person doesn't deserve it, though the other person did not earn it, it is not about them earning it. It is not about putting them in time out. Forgiveness is saying, I'm giving you a gift. And realizing all the while, the gift is not for them. The gift is for you. The gift is not really for their heart. The gift is for your heart. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. 
It's like drinking this poison, being like, I'm going to drink this poison that will kill me, and I'm going to watch you flourish, succeed, take off, do well, be totally unaware of my bitterness. No, 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 no. You've got to resolve this issue. God says, before I answer that prayer, I want to answer the real prayer, and that's healing in your heart. Don't carry offense. The Bible says an offended person is harder to win over than a fortified city. For it, bitterness will zap your vitality. It will take away your strength. It will mess with all your relationships. Did you see what the Bible just taught us in Hebrews 12? Bitterness in your heart will affect the hearts of many. Unforgiveness never just affects you. It affects every relationship you have around you. So you got to pray the first prayer. And the real prayer is, God, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. The reality is the more you realize how much forgiveness you need, the easier it is to forgive others. The more aware you are of your pain and your mishaps and how much you blow it and how much you're not put together and how much you shouldn't have said that, done that. Uh, more, I understand, forgive me my sins. It's really too easy to forgive other sins. But Jesus is like, hey, just by the way, just it's cool that you're praying. I love that you're like in the vehicle of prayer. We pray about everything. Hashtag it. I love it. It's so cool you're praying. I just can't hear you because I can't deal with the, with the real prayer in your life until you address what's really going on in your heart, and that's unforgiveness. I want to encourage you. Maybe someone betrayed you. Maybe someone broke your trust. Maybe somebody said a comment. Maybe somebody put you out of the social group. Maybe somebody has crushed your feelings. I want to encourage you right now, forgive them. Don't have something in your heart towards another person. Give them the gift of forgiveness and realize you're giving yourself the gift of forgiveness. And that God will hear from heaven your prayer request and it will take your prayer life to a whole nother level. Number two, write this one down. I love this. When you're living like a hypocrite. When you're living like a hypocrite, God's like, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm so happy you're praying. I just can't hear a word you're saying. A hypocrite, by the way, I love this. Watch what Jesus said. I'll give you the definition. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, listen to this, they have received their reward in full. What's their reward? They're being seen by people. What's their reward? People think they're religious. What's their reward? They're flexing on the gram. What's the reward? People follow them on TikTok. Awesome. It does nothing between you and God. Their reward is with man. Watch what he says, verse 6. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in public. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. He's like, don't be like these guys. They want to flex their prayer life. They want to be seen by others. He's like, no, 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 I'll tell you what will get heaven's attention. Go into your room, close the door, pray in private. God will reward you in public. Come on, clap today if you're excited. God in the unseen, God in the secret place, God when you are resting under the shadow of the Almighty, He will promote you, He will elevate you, and He will answer. 
God's like, listen, all this walking around trying to flex for everybody to see your prayer life, all this praying and babbling and going on. He's like, listen, it's like, it's just don't pray like a hypocrite. By, by the way, the Greek word for hypocrite, oh, I love this definition. The Greek word for hypocrite is literally hypocrisis. It literally means uh, translated stage playing or acting. Means to be a stage, a puppet. You're playing a certain part, but you don't live the part. You are one thing in public and another thing in private. God says, let's switch the two. Let's focus on your private life. I will take care of your public life. If you worry about the things you can control... And the, and the things that just you and I know about, I will worry about the things that everybody else really wants. Don't pray if you're living the lifestyle of a hypocrite. You're stage playing. You're acting. You're acting the part. Everybody thinks you're this thing. Everybody thinks you're one way. He said, no, no, no. Let's work your best to literally get your morals and your standards and your beliefs and your lifestyle. What's he talking about? Being sincere, being genuine, being authentic. Nobody likes a fake. Nobody likes a phony. We all like the real McCoy. We all like, I saw the other day on social media, Chad Johnson, the NFL wide receiver, was saying that he's wore fake uh, jewelry his whole career. Fake Rolexes, fake diamonds, fake. He's like, y'all don't know the difference. And, and I was thinking, wow, he's kind of right. Like, I, I would never be able to tell the difference, like, if he was wearing real stuff. Like, I would, I would never see a post and be like, oh, man, I think that watch is so fake. We can't tell. Because it's only the owner. It's only the person. It's only the conscience that can be clean and know I'm doing my best to live up to my confession. I'm doing my best to be the person I want to become. I'm doing my... Listen, it's not that others can tell you're a hypocrite. Nobody knows what you're praying in private. Nobody knows your pain, your struggle, or your success in your private life. Only God and you. And God says, listen, if you know you're playing like a stage puppet, but you're living contradictory, save the prayer. Because the first prayer we ought to pray is for your life, not your prayer list. The first thing we ought to pray is for your freedom. <laughs> Let's not worry about finances. Let's worry about your soul. The antidote to this is when Jesus taught us, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. In other words, God, let me live clean. Let me live sober. Let me live wholesome. Let me do my best to live according to your plan for my life. Come on, clap today and thank God. We're just trying to get our prayer life right. And then when I get my private life right, to the, and by the way, if you're like, man, I'm a hypocrite, welcome to the club. We all have a touch, a twinge, a, a, a bit of our life that's hypocrite, hip, hypocrisy. Paul even says in Romans, he says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. So all of us have a gap between our private life and our public life. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you putting time and thought and energy into becoming the real McCoy. Not being satisfied with like, I'm a fake this and I'm a fake that. Don't fake it till you make it. Get, get real with God. God is drawn to the guy that can't even lift his head in the temple saying, God, forgive me, God. 
can't get it right. God, I need you. Instead of playing around like eloquent, long-winded, public flex, all the while you know that's not who you are. God would rather deal with the real you than try and handle the fake you. He already knows. Did you see what he said? He already knows what you need. And what do you need? You don't need your long laundry list of prayer requests. You need freedom. You need healing. You need a touch of grace. You need this kindness that will lead us to repentance. You need a revelation of the love of God. would change you from the inside out. All the religiosity, all the faking it till you make it. That's all religion. That's law. That's pretend. Grace deals from the inside out. Write down number three. I love this third one. Number three, put it down. When you're stuck in laziness. I don't know what it's like at your house, but nobody said nothing in the ministry center. Nobody in the ministry center was like, that's good. Everybody's like, oh. it got quiet in the ministry center. I'm just t- teaching you prayers that God won't come to the rescue. Prayers that God's like, ah, I'm drawn to this, but I resist that. When you stuck in laziness, God's like, okay, I really want to move. I really want to rescue. I really want to help. It's just that like sometimes God can't move until you do. Sometimes, listen, James is so good. He's like, you got faith? That's great. I got faith. But I'll show you my faith with my actions. You show faith with words. I show faith with action. Because faith without works is dead. Oh, I love this in in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. For even, watch Paul, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. This is brilliant stuff. This is from the Bible. The Bible is like, hey, guys, just a heads up. If they can't work, if they will not work, Spanish, they will not trabajo. Bilingual, y'all. They don't get to eat. And when I see the word eat, I think of Zeke Elliott. The worst team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. If you're watching from Dallas in a watch party, we love your city. The team's not doing so good this year. Let's pray for next year. Let's just move all the prayers to next year. But Zeke's like, you know, you when he does like a big run, he's like, let me eat. Zeke's got the brand. Like, I want to eat. The Bible's literally saying, the man that is among you that is unwilling to work shall not eat. What is it talking about? It's talking about laziness. The person that is unwilling. And by the way, the antidote to this is in the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, when he says, give us this bread, our daily bread. What is he saying? God, I'm dependent upon you today for strength. I need your wisdom so I can go out and fulfill what you've put in my heart and what you put in my hand. And I want to do my best to serve my city and to serve my people and to serve this world. Oh, watch Proverbs. I love this proverb. Proverbs 6. It it literally says, oh, I didn't make it to my note. Yes, it did. Proverbs 6. So how long are you going to lazy around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you not know what comes next? You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Give, work is a gift from God. God gives you the ability to work, to build your house, to build your business, to build his church, to build a legacy, to build your life. If you're living in laziness and you're praying to God, God's like, hey, man, I really want to answer your prayers. But I move best with works. I move best when you apply what I've done. Jesus is like, this is how everybody will know that you are my disciples. 
when you apply what I say to do. So you can't just walk around praying if you're not putting two and two together. And so we got to apply ourselves to doing with all of our diligence what God has put in our hand. I want to tell you this. God has made you. You have been made by greatness for greatness. We are Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, it is not these works that get us into heaven. It is only by grace. It is only by the cross. It is only by the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we can get into heaven. But God is so good that he's actually put something in your life for you to do on this earth. There is a purpose to your life. There's a purpose for you to be on this planet. And God can't answer your prayers when you live in a lifestyle of laziness. He literally says, the guy that won't work, don't let him eat. He can't even eat amongst us. Because I work with people that apply. Listen, some of you are like, I'm believing for a job. That's awesome. Let's fill out tons of applications. Some of you are like, I'm believing to get married. That's awesome. Let's get on ChristianMingle.com. Let's get a mask, social distance, get in the park together, look at each other. You can see eyeballs. That's all you need, eyeballs. And you'd be like, oh, scary eyes. I'm out. I don't need that person. Just apply what you're believing for. No, no, it's a cliche saying, but pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you. Come on, don't get quiet on me in your house. Some of you are like, I like the first two points, but the third point is when he was talking about laziness. I'm, who does he think he is? I'm not lazy. I'm tired. Fam, you got an extra hour of sleep. You ain't tired. Get up off the couch. Let's apply for the job. So often we're blaming God, but God can't move until we do. All through the scriptures, God sent people to do stuff. And as they went, God performed the miracle. Ten lepers come to Jesus one time, and they're like begging, oh, Jesus, you got to heal us. Oh, Jesus, you got to help us. And Jesus is like, all right, go show yourself to the priests. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Some of you got to realize Jesus is sending you to go do something, and the miracle can't take place until you obey what God told you to do. Come on, let's get some faith today and some obedience to apply what God is saying. I hope this is encouraging you today because for every problem, there's a solution. For every sickness, there is an antidote. Here's the last one, number four. I love this, this last thought today. It's when you are praying with selfish motives. When you're praying with selfish motives, God's like, I love you. I'm glad you're praying. I want to be in relationship with you, but it's just I, I don't answer those prayers. Those are not the prayers that draw me, woo me, entice me, romance me into your prayer life. Watch what James says. Worship team, you can come. James chapter 4, verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So God, God's like, listen, when you ask, I just want to tell you the reason why I'm not answering that prayer. Some of you are frustrated, like, I've been praying, and I've been asking God, how come he's not answering this prayer? Pray about everything. I prayed about this, and I prayed about this, and I prayed about this. And, and sometimes God's like, hey, before I answer this stuff, can we deal with the why? The motives? The intent? Is this for you, or is this for others? Can I just ask you a question today? If God answered all your prayers, would it change the world or would it change your world? Because God's like, hey, just a heads up. I'm not, 
I'm not really like drawn to that stuff. Because that's your car, your job, your house, your money, your, your name, your city. Well, there's a lot of you in this. He said, when you ask, you do not have because you ask with wrong motives. So God, when we pray, he always deals with our motives, the motives of our heart. So the antidote to this is literally in the, the Lord's prayer. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I find that my prayer life vacillates between my wants and God's. What I think is important, what God thinks is important. You ever notice when you first start praying, you're like, God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And the longer you start praying, you're like, okay, but God, like, America needs you, and my, my house needs you, and our staff, and our, our church. And, and all of a sudden, you start praying for others. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God's dealing with the why of your prayers. Why are you praying? What is the motive? What is the intent? What is the desired result? Because I'm happy that you're praying. It's so good that you're praying, Zoe. But let's get a few things down. Why don't we just forgive people before we pray? Instead of just praying our heads off and praying our tails off and praying for revival, why don't we pray, God, will you forgive me my sins as I forgive those that sin against me? I believe that God will cleanse your heart. I believe that God will give you the ability to give the gift of forgiveness. What if just right here today, God's like, no, 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 don't pray like this, pray like that. The hypocrites are long-winded. The hypocrites do everything in public. They already got the reward. Let's get a private prayer life. Pray in the shower, pray in the car, pray in your home, pray on the beach, pray with nobody else around. Your reward in secret will be so powerful in in public why don't you pray prayers that line up with your work ethic instead of being stuck in laziness say god to the best of my ability give me my bread my daily bread give me strength and sustenance and power and virtue and vitality and health and happiness and wholeness that i can do what you put in my life The life that you're called to live is not a life of blaming God. It's a life of you being in intimate, close relationship with God. And God's moving and you're moving. And He's speaking and you're responding. And God's talking and you're being obedient. It is a relationship with Jesus. And I love this last one. Because it's motives. It's intentions. Zoe, why do we exist as a church? Is it to build a platform? Is it to, to do something in L.A.? Or is it to touch the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ? Zoe, you've got to pivot in your prayer life. It's not about L.A. anymore. God just threw open our tent pegs. We've got the whole world a part of our church. People on the East Coast to the West Coast, the North and the South, are they're in this church. Are we praying for them? Are we praying for them? Because God tells this beautiful story and he's like, see that guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be like that guy. That guy, I don't hear a word he's saying. But this guy right here, I'm drawn. I am. I, it's irresistible what he's praying. What he's saying right here, whoo, forgive me, God, for I am a sinner. Have mercy on me, God. 
I, I'm not the man. I'm, 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 I need you today. Come on, how many people today that are streaming in say, I need God. I need His strength. I need His grace. I'm dependent upon you. Come on, stop praying prayers that are wasting your time. Stop praying prayers that are hindered by God. Stop praying prayers that are open up heaven. Stop praying prayers that get Jesus' attention. Come on, right now, wherever you're at, I want you to stand in your home. Stand in your kitchen. Stand in a spot to say, Lord, hear my prayer. I feel like a man that needs grace. I feel like a man that's dependent upon your word. I feel like somebody that says, Lord, have mercy on me, for I'm a sinner in need of grace. Come on, let's worship God today. Hallelujah.